another episode of the How to Save the World podcast, where we take a deep intellectual dive into the academic research and behavioral science of what really gets people to take a pro-environmental action and behavior. I'm your host, Katie Patrick. I'm an environmental engineer and a designer based in Silicon Valley, California, and I'm the author of How to Save the World and Zero Wasteify. If you haven't already, sign up to my website at katiepatrick.com to get more free resources about how you can apply gamification and behavior design to your environmental cause. Hi, everybody. Thanks for taking the time to tune in again to figure out how we change the world using behavioral psychology and social marketing and gamification design. Today's episode, I'm going to be sharing a vitally important but often overlooked and actually really simple and really powerful quick tip to be able to communicate your message. I had a call with a friend yesterday and she was working on a project and she wanted some help and I saw her make the mistake that I think probably eight out of ten social impact and environmental programs and startups and businesses and not-for-profits make and that is not actually explaining what you do clearly. Now, this might not seem like a big deal, but I tell you what, it really is a big deal. I wouldn't be surprised if I have looked at more environmental business and not-for-profit websites. And I'm sorry if you can hear my new little pug snoring on my lap. I remember listening to a podcast with a guy a couple of months ago and he was like, oh, I'm sorry, my dog is snoring on my lap. And I'm like, dude, like, can't you just put your dog in another room? But seriously, if you have a small dog, like they, they kind of have to sit on, on your lap and you can't put them outside because they start scratching. So anyway, I used to run an environmental directory in Australia and I looked through thousands, thousands of green business and government websites. And there's something that happens in our profession when we're working on environmental stuff. We really are prone to failing to actually just say what it is we're doing clearly. When I look at an About Us page or a home page, eight out of 10 times it's the same thing. Oh, we're trying to solve climate change and we're trying to protect the planet and we're trying to look at systems-wide change across communities and it all sounds the same. It's basically exactly the same mission for every single business and sometimes it's so frustrating because I'm looking through this website thinking, what the f*** do they actually do? And sometimes it's like, we're trying to protect forests and the earth's ecosystems. And I'm like, oh my God, you sell recycled paper cups. Oh, okay. You run a meditation retreat and it doesn't actually say what they do. This is something that comes up over and over again. It happens with almost every single one of my consulting clients and I see it everywhere. And there is a really straightforward way to write what we can call your power sentence. That's what we're going to do in this podcast today is write this power sentence. I learned this in a copywriting course. Now, when we go and study climate change and sustainability and renewable energy engineering, nobody takes you through a copywriting course. The only reason I did a copywriting course was because I did a course on how to sell courses. I wanted to sell a course on behavioral psychology. So inevitably, when you have to sell stuff, you end up studying copywriting. And this course, this little audio course I did was one of the most powerful and transformative things I've ever done in being able to communicate my message. Because I also used to make all these mistakes as well. And the only reason I can help you out of making these mistakes is because I already did them and I learned different tools and tips and techniques to get out of it. And now I'm going to show you. So what we're going to do in this little podcast tutorial today is go through three different tools or things you need to do to make sure 
your project or startup or campaign is not another big, confusing, abstract, let's save the world and I have no idea what it is you actually do explanation. First step is the power sentence. I want to see this particular power sentence on the first sentence I read on your homepage and your About Us page, your Twitter bio, your LinkedIn should say this one thing. And it's a sentence that has three different steps. The first step is the audience. Who is your target customer or your audience that you want to get out to? The second step is what you will help them to achieve. And the third step is the actual practical mechanism in which you'll help them achieve that. This is really easy for other types of businesses that do simple things. Like say, for example, your target audience is you want to get out to women who have just had a baby. Very simple, very clear audience. You want them to achieve low levels of stress, stress-free, happy existence with a newborn. And how? You teach a 10-minute breathing meditation that you can do once the baby's fallen asleep. And what you're selling is, boom, just a simple 10-minute guided audio meditation and a breathing process. Okay, that's how simple it is. And there is no room in this power sentence for super vague, multidimensional explanations about how you are going to transform all of consciousness and all of different systems thinking with all different types of people across every multifactional, transcendental, intersectional mechanisms in a way that just doesn't make sense and can't get any traction. Okay, so number one, write this down, grab a pen, do it now. Our project, use the name of it, helps these type of people. Who do you help? Do you help architects? Do you help homeowners? Do you help people who are trying to buy a new car? Do you help children? Do you help parents of children? Do you help CEOs? Do you help judges? Do you help people who work in city government? Explain who this particular person is. And if this is getting too broad for you already, if you're like, well, we want to help like all these types of people in our community, business owners and homeowners and the government and kids and everything, it means that your project is too broad. It means you're trying to do too many things for too many people and you're not going to be able to be specific and come up with a really good solution that's going to really get traction. And if you're falling into this problem of trying to be too many things, too many tentacles on the octopus, trying to do too many things at once, there's absolutely nothing wrong with starting one tentacle first. Just start with one thing and after you've made a bit of progress, you can add all of the other tentacles later, right? But you want to get some traction on the one thing first. And projects always go through this cycle where they start off as this big spaghetti monster, this big octopus with gazillions of tentacles, all these different spaghetti threads all over the place. And then as you start making real world project, the scope gets smaller and smaller and more refined. Almost everybody's project in every campaign becomes more surgical more razor cut, more specific as it goes on because you start to really deeply understand the complexity of the project the more you work on it and then you'll realize, like trying to understand a muscle and you figure out where that pressure point is. I just wanted to explain that to just let you know that it's natural to start off trying to be too many things to too many people and to get more specific with time. So if you're going through that pruning phase where you're like, oh, we're trying to kind of hit all these different people, it's fine. Just prune down. It's natural. It's a bit painful because we kind of want to be all things to all people. And just choose one where you think that the pressure point is on that, that muscle in the system that you're trying to change. Okay, so our project helps these particular people 
Moving on to the second stage of the power sentence, which is to what are you trying to help them achieve? Are you trying to help architects to design zero emissions buildings? This is not necessarily the idea itself. It's the ultimate outcome. With what I do, I help environmental professionals increase the traction and the performance of their environmental campaigns through the third part of the sentence, evidence-based environmental psychology and gamification design. That's my power sentence for when I'm teaching environmental behavioral psychology. So what are you trying to help people achieve? Are you trying to help urban sustainability professionals achieve increased green cover in cities? Not the idea, this is just the ultimate outcome. Are you trying to achieve, help car companies achieve zero emissions vehicles? Are you trying to help energy utilities better manage emissions in the grid to achieve a a zero emissions grid? Whatever it is, what is the outcome that you're trying to get them to achieve? And then the third mechanism, the third step in the power sentence is the actual mechanism of what it is. So if what you are trying to do is we help urban sustainability professionals increase the green cover of their cities, and then how, how do we do it? We do it with a modular green roof, a simple cost-effective modular green roof, or we do it through a software that helps manage the survival rate of urban trees. Or we do it through a instant install green micro wetland drainage system. You just got to dig a hole, comes on a truck, stick it in. This is your very specific app, your product, your training guide, your YouTube channel, whatever it is of the specific thing that you're actually doing. Just to recap the power sentence that should be on the absolute top of everything that you do, our project helps, number one, this audience, number two, achieve this vision and number three the mechanism in which we do it so go now write your power sentence if you struggle to write it because you're trying to be too many things to too many people that's okay it's the natural process of pruning it down start with the most specific thing you can come up with and after you've got a hundred people to do it or a hundred businesses on or a hundred cities on then add the next tentacle you can be all things to all people anytime in the future But right for now, you want to make sure you get that specific traction first. The second phase of how to explain what you do clearly is to be able to consolidate the hero's journey into a single paragraph. This is, again, one of the most powerful things I've ever learned about just how to explain what you do and to explain it in a really powerful way. If you haven't heard of the hero's journey before, it is a 12-stage storytelling template that is based on myths and stories over the last few thousand years. It was popularized by a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. And it is the basic storytelling template that's used in most Hollywood films. It's used really powerfully in The Matrix, in Star Wars, and in Lord of the Rings. You can just really see it play out in those really epic films. And the hero's journey is a template of how all humans go through different journeys or take on different different challenges. It is basically the psychological journey of life. And what is really great about it is that you can contract the hero's journey into basically a really simple paragraph that explains what you do. And it's really, really excellent for doing that. You can go all out and make a movie like Lord of the Rings or an epic uh, multi-novel saga. You can also condense it into just explaining what you do as a climate and social impact entrepreneur. So the way we do that 
is that there are five steps that you want to really hit with the hero's journey system. And like I said, when I look at your About Us page, I want to see the power sentence that we just went over up the top. And then when I read the first paragraph of your About Us page, it should go like this. Number one sentence is about the problem. And you might have also seen this structure that's used in pitch decks a lot in in startup culture, but it's good because it works. So number one, what is the problem? Okay, the problem is that trees are being cut down. The problem is there's plastic in the ocean. The problem is that there's a particular part of climate change like uh, transportation. Now, if your problem statement is really big and full of abstractions and is really vague, it means that, again, you're not specific enough. We don't want things like the Earth's biosphere is being damaged. Climate change is, you know, going to be bad. We want very specific things, transportation, trucks, lawnmowers that are using two-stroke engines, whatever it is. Be specific about the problem. Okay, that's number one. One sentence explaining specifically what the problem is. Number two is you want your next sentence to be the vision. And I want to make sure that you can differentiate between the idea that you have and the vision. These are really two different things, but they can kind of sound like the same thing at first glance. Say the problem is that, let's use urban heat islands, something I've worked on a lot. The problem is cities get really hot in summer because there's too much concrete and asphalt. That's specific. Now, I'm not trying to bring in all the environmental reasons into urban heat islands, although there's a lot. They all interconnect. But let's just use temperature just because we want to hit that one. And the vision is not the idea of what we do, but the vision is what if we could create cool, harmonious cities that were covered in vegetation, that were cooled by vegetation. That's the vision, the ultimate utopian destination. Or what if we could have oceans free of plastic thriving with biodiversity? Problem contrasted against the vision. So the third step is the objections. This is called in the hero's journey refusal of the call. Naturally, if you have a problem statement and then you have like a vision, the vision is going to sound like really kind of amazing and people are instantly going to think of, well, that's probably not going to work because of this, this, this and this reason. And that's not a bad thing. That's just the the mind naturally thinking of all the reasons why it might fail. So then you want to hit up the objections. So it can be something like, this might sound like a crazy idea, or it might sound like it's totally unviable to have a city completely covered in vegetation or completely get rid of petroleum combustion engines. I mean, that's like a way out there dream. So in your objection sentence, you want to say, this might sound really outlandish or really crazy or ridiculously ambitious or science fiction-like to even expect that this is possible. But let me tell you, so this is when you work with this objection sentence, that it actually really is possible. And it really is possible because of these things that I'm about to tell you or these kind of other examples. And then the fourth step is called meet the mentor. This is where you introduce the mentor and this directly segues off the objection statement because this is where you really hit that you are the authority on this topic. The same way that Yoda is the authority and Gandalf is the authority. You come in and you basically say, I will tell you why this vision is possible because I studied this, I've worked in this for this many years, I'm working with this team, I have these qualifications, I have this experience. You build the trust in the audience that you are the person to deliver what this is. And then the fifth step is crossing the threshold. So you set your story up with these four sections first. One sentence on the problem, 
the second sentence on the vision, the third sentence dealing with the objection, and the fourth sentence introducing the mentor, which is you, your organization, and your credibility. And then crossing the threshold is, this is where you introduce the idea. Come with me on a journey. This is where the hero goes down the journey. You know, they go off with Gandalf onto their crazy big journey. And then you say, well, and this is the idea that we're going to talk about today. And then you go into explaining, you know, what it is that you actually do. There's a lot more in the hero's journey than those five steps. They just set you up. But just for the purpose of being able to write your About Us page, being able to clearly communicate what you do, so you're not just this abstraction of climate impact and systems change and community and all these kind of all these vague words that people use, you just want to hit those five steps. Honestly, I never deviate from this. Every time I try to deviate from this structure, it just doesn't work. I'll just go, oh, I'll just like explain the idea by itself. I don't need to go to the effort of doing all these kind of five steps. But you, you really do. Once you just master putting your mission into these five steps, one paragraph, you can make it a paragraph, you can make it a feature film. It just sets the basic psychological tone for engaging people and just communicating what it is you do. And the third step of this little podcast tutorial is just getting rid of abstractions. If you don't know what an abstraction is in language, it's a word that is pretty meta and doesn't really explain the detail of what you do. I would say something like systems chain is an abstraction. I would say clean energy is an abstraction. Community-driven impact is an abstraction. Psychological mechanisms, self-help tools, even with what I do, which is uh, behavioral psychology practices, that's also an abstraction. It's kind of like an umbrella word that describes a whole lot of other different stuff. And one of the absolute keys to good writing, and it is the difference between you reading a page and really getting it and really enjoying it and not liking it and drifting off, is whether the author is able to distinguish between what phrase is an abstraction and what phrase is not an abstraction. And when you read The Sense of Style by Steven Pinker, it's a great book on how to write well. I mean, he just like dives into this, this issue of abstractions. You know, his colleagues in you know, academia are really prone to it, especially experts who are just so used to using jargon and abstractions are really prone to it. It is the absolute enemy of communication. You want to have laser eyes for removing these abstractions. If you've got some word like we want to help community-driven impact, like what is community-driven impact? Oh, you want to help systems change? What is systems change? The way to kill and stab abstractions is to ask the question of the abstraction, what does that mean? Community-driven impact, what is that? Is it people turning up to council meetings? Is it people talking to their neighbours? What is it? Oh, it's people talking to their neighbours. Well, what is that? Can we break that down a bit further? Do you want someone to actually come out of their house and knock on the door? Like, you really want to get specific. Is it over the fence? What if they don't have fences? What if the fences are really high? Maybe it's like apartments. You really, really want to get specific about these abstractions and and breaking it down. And I'll tell you what, anything to do with the climate or the planet, I mean, we are just so prone to these, these abstractions. I just see them everywhere. And I basically have like a red pen in my mind being like, cross out, what does that mean? You know, like um, corporate action. What is corporate action? If you can ask a question, what is that? What does it mean? And there's another answer. That means your writing is bad and you need to get better at it. 
and ask it again. Oh, corporate action. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, does that mean shareholders coming together? Does that mean managers speaking to other managers? Does that mean employing somebody to look at this? Like, What does it mean? And break it down and break it down until you can't break it down anymore. Like, okay, it means one person walking out of their house, knocking on the door of their neighbor, literally giving them a flyer and sparking up a two-minute conversation about a particular event or council initiative. And then I'm like, well, what does that mean? Well, it's knocking on, you know, you really just leave. You're like, okay, that's it. I can't break it down anymore. I can't break it down anymore. That is the key to good writing that will communicate what you do and make people fall in love with your cause. There's this phrase I learned a couple of years ago. It was in a marketing course I did. And it was, if you confuse, you lose. If people don't understand what it is you do, if they can't fully grasp what you do instantly, they're going to be confused. There's going to be cognitive load. It's annoying when you can't understand what it is an organization does. And then they're, just, they're not going to get behind you. They're not going to fall in love with it. They're not going to emotionally connect. They're not going to give you money. They're not going to sign up. All the things that you want people to do for what you're working on, they will not do because if you confuse, you lose. And the enemy is this habit we all have of using abstractions. And when you start breaking it down, if you start having, oh, but that means it's this and it's this and it's this and it's this and it's this, it means your idea needs work. You've got to make your idea more specific. But you can start. Start by breaking down your abstractions. Make them clear. There's too many things. Do the hard work of pruning your concept down into a more specific, more surgical, razor-like concept. There's nothing wrong with that. You can always expand later. And just master the art of clearly explaining what it is you do. Sounds easy. It's amazing how bad we are at it as a climate and environmental profession. But it's actually pretty easy. Just follow the steps in this mini podcast tutorial. Listen to it again. Take out your pen and write it down. Share this podcast with a friend. Share it on Instagram. Share it on Twitter. Share it with your team. I think I spent two or $3,000 on some of the training that I did to figure all this stuff out. So this podcast is free. Get it out to as many people as possible. And before I jump off today, I wanted to let you know I am launching a masterclass in climate action design where we're going to go into all of the marketing and the communications and the social media strategy, the evidence-based academic behavioral psychology gamification techniques, technology, about how to increase the engagement and traction and adoption of your climate and environmental campaigns and apps and startups. It's a program that I'm launching for people that support this podcast on Patreon. Have a look at my Patreon page. There's a link to the Climate Action Design Masterclass training that will happen every month in the show notes below. There is so much training, so much expertise that we really need to learn about the psychology and the marketing of how we actually tap into people's motivational core so we actually get this response, we get them to actually take action. So many skills that we do not learn in engineering school or environmental science. These are skills that come out of neuroscience, psychology, creative production and marketing. This is really the hands-on skills that we need to try and get people to actually do the stuff that we want them to do. 
Thanks so much for listening. I would love if you would message me your power sentence, your five steps in the hero's journey, and any thoughts you have about the art of removing abstractions from your copywriting. I'd love to see it. Send me a message, and I will see you next week for the next podcast on how to save the world.